Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Joining me as always on Tuesdays, the prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com, Andrew Malcolm at A.H. Malcolm on the Twitters is Andrew. Welcome back and gonna start off here. We're gonna start off here by asserting our our supremacy. We are the internet's Waldorf and Statler. That's I know that Olivier, Olivier Knox and 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 DC Big John, they tried pulling this on us on Twitter yeah. uh, you know, on Monday, but uh, and no, we're not buying it. No, there's no there's no way, and uh, they're violating trademark. <laughs> Well, I don't want to get into that because I don't want to hear from I don't want to hear from the Henson company on that particular point. But <laughs> Olivier uh, Knox is a youngster. Come on, he's a youngster. Don't don't you know? He can't claim that mantle. We have that mantle. I, I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna arrange to have Prince of Twitter on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was um was it Jack Lemon? I saw this. I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not. But there was a Something going around about Jack Lemon's tombstone. Well, it was um, um, the 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 funny guy in the airplane, the Canadian, um, Robert Hayes. Uh, oh no, Leslie no. Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. His brother was in the Canadian Parliament, and they're both from the Yukon. But Leslie Nielsen, you know, he was a leading man in the thirties. And, well, in the, 50s, in the 50s, yeah. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, and he, on set, he would always be saying, take a seat when people were standing around because he would always take a seat and he didn't want to be alone. So when he died, he's buried in British Columbia. His tombstone has all the information and it says, take a seat. And right next to the grave is a big bench. Well, that's kind of cool. That's a nice story. <laughs> that's that's that. a nice story. I suggested because I don't have you seen, you know, when Biden does his thing and he starts rambling and going off and then he pauses and he realizes he doesn't know what to say. He says, anyway. And I think that should be on his tombstone someday. It's just Joseph R. Biden, anyway. Yeah. Well, supposedly, and I don't know if this is true or not. I mean, there's a picture of it. That doesn't mean anything <laughs> these days, especially. Yeah. Um, it's um, all it says is Jack Lemon in. <laughs> and that's right above the ground. Uh, oh, that's that's funny. I didn't realize that. Um, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I'm sorry. I interrupted that. I thought you were going to tell us. The same story. No, no, no. I, that was a great story. I'm glad that you threw it in there. Um, yeah, I saw this. You know, I just, I just kind of thought it was funny. So, you know, we're going to start. We're going to end with a joke. We we'll start off with something light. Um, in between, we're going to get cranky. <laughs> <laughs> going to get cranky, folks. And there's lots to get cranky about right now. Um, and I guess we can start. We can start off by talking about the cranky old guy who's actually in the White House. Now we're we're. <laughs> We're doing this on President's Day. Um, uh, we're recording it on President's Day. So, and, of uh, course, the long weekend, he's not in the White House. He's on vacation, but he'll be back soon. Yeah, I guess. 
depends on what your definition of being back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but at any rate, um, you know, the, the fallout continues. Um, uh, the New York Times publisher, this is in Politico today, New York Times publisher was talking to uh, Arthur Sulzberger, not Pinch, but the son, um, was talking to some uh, meeting, you know, he was giving a speech. Uh, and this was either yesterday or the day before yesterday. It was either Saturday or Sunday. He was delivering a speech and he said that the White House and Joe Biden is extremely unhappy with their coverage of his age. And I think that the problem is, is that they're extremely, I'm sure they're unhappy, but it's not because the New York Times is covering the age issue. It's because everybody's being forced, everybody's being forced to, to cover the age issue. And I think this, we haven't talked, I think, since the Puck report came out. Now, Dylan Byers, who is a, um, um, he's a reporter, he, he was at Politico for years, and then he launched his own thing at Puck. And so he's been around a while. He knows everybody in the White House press corps and all that kind of stuff. And last week, and I think it was after we talked, last week he um, came up with the, or he, he put out a report that said everybody in the White House press corps knows that Joe Biden's lost a few steps, right? But they're they didn't want to they didn't want to talk about it because they thought it would be indelicate. Yeah, right. Is that how it works? Yeah, I, you know, I understand the feeling, but this is the guy with the nuclear launch code. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, if they are to live up to their constitutional protections as watchdogs, I think they need to uh, be more be more honest and do it sooner. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that's certainly correct. My. Um... But I mean, I, there's more going on here than it was just that it was indelicate to talk about it. There were two reasons, right, that they didn't want to, that they didn't want to report this. One was that they didn't want to lose access to the White House. They knew if they started writing about this, the White House would freeze them out. Huh. Um, that is not exactly a profile on courage. But the other is that. <laughs> what is it? I mean, no, it's not. But that's a great phrase. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they're it's uh, it, they're in their business is supposed to be to talk, you know, to hold, right? Uh, you know, the powerful accountable, and the people who are in office are the ones who are powerful, right? Not the people who are out of office who might have other might have power in other ways, and certainly you can write about them and hold them accountable too. But it's the people who are actually in office, and as you just got done saying, have their finger on the button, right? Yeah. <laughs> They've got access to the nuclear launch codes. And if that person is incapacitated, partially or fully, then that's something that the American public really needs to know, especially since that person seems to want to run for another term. Yeah. And yet these guys, according to Dylan Byers, again, it's not just me making this up. Dylan Byers talked to these guys and he was quoting them anonymously saying that everybody in the room understands what's going on. Anyone with an elderly parent knows exactly what this is. And yeah. I mean, that means, you know, senility is what they're talking about. They yeah, don't want to say exactly. But the reason, the other reason, and it's not just because of losing access, although I think that was a big part of it, 
the other part of this, and this is the and buyers actually cites that, right? That they didn't want to lose access. But the other big part of this, and this is something everybody knows, right? Is that they basically prefer Biden to Trump. Yeah. And they don't want to report anything that's going to make Biden look bad because it might help Trump get elected to a second term. And nobody in the White House press corps wants, well, I won't say nobody. There might be a few people, might be a few enterprising reporters who want him to return because he's good to write about. You know? He's wonderful for business. In fact, they've right. fallen into economic doldrums ever since, and they've had mass layoffs. Right. I mean, just the business model alone. I remember... What was it? I think it was when, I think it was when Obama won the second term. Somebody asked me, you know, what are you going to write about? I'm going to write about Obama. <laughs> well, uh, I said, you know, I'm I'm unhappy he got reelected, but let's face it, he's not bad for business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. He's not good for the country, but not bad for business. Not bad for business. Um, and look, I would much rather have it be bad for business, but. Only if that was the, if that was what a fully informed electorate decided, because that's what the media yeah. is there for, is to fully inform the electorate. Right. And we've been right. talking about, you and I have been talking about Biden's, you know, capacity issues. You know, neither one of us are spring chickens, but we don't shy away from talking about that, right? Right. Uh, because it doesn't matter. Who, who, if you, who, who are you again? You know, I'm the... Am I Waldorf or my Statler? Statler, yeah. I'm the handsome one, whichever one that is. Um, yeah, that's a toss-up too, I think. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, no. What was I? What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Some of you know, we might have capacity issues, right? But I mean, we're not the president of the United States either, and we're not seeking the office. That's this right. is this is the leader of the free world. Is, is an important position and you want somebody who's in full control of their faculties. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that relates to Donald Trump, because you have a piece out, um, a VIP piece over at Red State talks a little bit about that, but his, his, his um, cognitive capacity is not in question. Now at 78, you start running the risk that it might be coming into question because that was what how Biden was when he got elected, right? The mm -hmm. first time. Yeah. Um, and I think he had cognitive issues before then anyway. And I think it was a, that was one of the reasons why they kept him off the campaign trail as much as they did. Exactly. But the Robert Hur report is forcing them to speak about this openly. And, you know, you get Salzburger out there, you know, I'm good. we're going to keep on doing what we've been doing because that's what we do. No, it's yeah. what you do now. You it's haven't done anything do. like this for three years. Exactly. Exactly. It's pathetic. It is just so pathetic. They did the same thing with the Hunter's laptop. Don't write about it until you absolutely have to. Or or call it, and what they did with Hunter's laptop was actually even worse, right? They Which called had, it disinformation from well, Russia. Disinformation, they suppressed it. They refused to cover it. NPR was saying, we're not going to waste our... We're not going to waste our listeners' time with reporting on this, you know, evidence of of you know serious corruption within the Biden family, um, because we we feel it's it's indelicate. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not to worth. It's so pathetic to let that stuff come in between. I... Yeah, you know, look, I mean, have you ever seen the movie The Front Runner? Uh, I don't remember. 
So The Front Runner is a movie that was made about five years ago or maybe six. And it stars Hugh Jackman, who's more known for, you know, being Wolverine in the Marvel films. But he's a really good actor. I mean, he's just a really good actor. He, he did The Greatest Showman, which, you know, very talented guy. And in The Front Runner, he plays um, Gary Hart in the 19, oh, yeah. 1988 cycle, right? And the whole, you know, um, Donna Rice monkey business thing that comes up. It's actually a really good movie. Now, it's kind of talky and well, it's all talk, basically. I mean, there's not a lot of action of any sort, if you if you get my drift. There's not a lot of action. <laughs> but it's a really good movie. And I appreciate really good, interesting human dramas with good dialogue, right? Where you got good characterization, good dialogue. And the front runner is really good. It didn't really make, I don't think it made much of an impact at the box office. Um, but that was about repertorial delicacy, right? Do you report on a politician's private life? And at that time, that was not necessarily done, right? I mean, right. nobody talked about Kennedy's affairs. Nobody talked about Johnson's affairs. Um, nobody Gary, talked about Gary Hart's big mistake was to challenge the reporters. At one at one point, he said when they were they were sort of hinting at Donna Rice, who, by the way, is one of my followers. Um, yeah, she's she's, she's, she's 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 a, 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 a kind of a big deal in the pro life movement too. I met her once. She's a very yeah. lovely woman. Yeah, she's very nice. Um, uh, but did she sit on your lap? No, no. <laughs> Um, nor, would I have, nor would I have ever asked her to. She's she is a very classy woman, yes. um, and um, and very happily married. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, but uh, back when the reporters were hinting at it about Gary Hart, he boldly said, "Well, you know, follow me." So a few did, and boom, there's Donna. Yeah, you know, to this day, she denies that they ever did anything together. Um, and it may very well be true. Um, Hart's always denied it. She's always denied it. They're the only two people who know. Um, now she was in his condominium in, in Washington, DC, and it was inappropriate. Um, but the question at the time was, is this something that you need to report on? Because it really doesn't have anything to do with the issues that people are, that concern ordinary voters. It doesn't have anything to yeah. do with the office itself. And it's an interesting sort of frozen look in time, right? Because remember, this is yeah. 19, I think it was actually 1987, right? Because it was in that, the year before the primaries started. It could have been early 1988, but I don't think it was, I don't think that the votes had begun. I, I think he pulled out before any primaries took place. I'm not going to fact check you, Edward. Go ahead. So it was interesting, but in the end, Bill Clinton ended up wiping out those distinctions by <laughs> by having this you know tawdry sort of you know demeaning uh, you know playing around with you know a very young and naive <laughs> intern who has borne the uh, brunt of that scandal her whole adult life ever since right Monica Lewinsky yeah. who again by all appearances seems to be a, 
a very nice woman who made an unfortunate, you know, choice. Who happened to flash her panties at the president of the United States. And she was like 20 years old, right? I mean, oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying she's faultless, but what and, I'm saying and, is that Bill Clinton should have known better. He should have known better, but he didn't. And he's had a lot of um, extramarital adventures. Uh, and, you know, I remember thinking, oh, these, these, this is a long time ago. But these women making all these charges, it just can't be. You know, he's the governor and all that. And it was so naive. And then all of a sudden, one day, I don't remember if it was Broderick or one of the Paula or one of the others. And I said, I, I had this, like, the window blinds went up. And I thought, my God, what if it's true? Well, and apparently. She, yeah. She, yeah, she had said. Well, this is a long time ago, and I'm admitting my naivete, but, but, and she had said that he bit her lip. And I mean, it was just, yeah, yeah. disgusting. Yeah. It was the taught, especially with Clinton, the tawdriness of all this was disgusting, right? Yeah. Jennifer Flowers, Paula Jones, and of course, they started attacking all these girls as bimbos. Donna Rice got some of that too when the scandal first got reported. Well, that was 88, uh, right? It was 87, 88. I can't remember the exact year on that. But, but it was in that cycle, you know. Yeah. It's a good movie. I would recommend anybody who is interested in politics and reporting to watch the movie. It's very well done. Front um, runner. The front runner, yes. Hugh Jackman as uh, Gary Hart, Vera Farmiga as his wife, Lee. Um, uh, J.K. Simmons is in it as his, as his chief political advisor or campaign manager. Um, there's somebody playing a very young Joe Trippy in it, uh, which I, I found interesting because I, you know, Trippy and I follow each other on Twitter and we've interacted a few times. Um, so I mean, it's all very interesting. But here's here's my point on that though. There's this whole debate, right? And we're still having it to some extent as to whether or not a a private affair, yeah, Donald Trump, right? Whether or not a private affair is really something that should matter when it comes to reporting on a president or a presidential candidate, whether or not it, you know, it, whether or not it should be overlooked, whether or not voters care about that kind of stuff. That's an issue of potential delicacy, not a potentially incapacitated president or a, or a president whose capacity just simply isn't up to the job anymore. And yeah. who is publicly demonstrating this over and over and over again. Yeah. And uh, that, to me, there's there's no delicacy issue there. That's no, absolutely. That, yeah, I mean, so. Well, they they will try the Biden people to intimidate reporters to not report all kinds of things. Um, Media Matters did that. Does that they do that? They do it quietly behind the scenes where they send to editors. They find out who your own personal editor is and they write them sometimes weekly or twice a week to complain and, and point out. And fortunately, I had very strong, um, uh, what's the word, ethical editors. <clears throat> and when, uh, when Media Matters complained about some of my blog work on the LA Times, uh, they said, it, what was it? It was, uh, what was it? 
wasn't combative, but vituperative or something. And the editor read the column in question and he said, and he answered him, he said, yeah, yeah. But my criteria is always, is it true? And it was, so I don't have a problem. Uh, and the, not all editors are that way and reporters self-censor themselves uh, when it comes to that. Now, back in 88, I don't think that was a bigger problem as it is now. Uh, there's always some looking for scandal and they think that's news. I think uh, it's not necessarily a scandal, but I think it's important for voters to understand if a prominent candidate um, has uh, moral problems. Has integrity. Uh, integrity, yeah. Um, if they're lying, which Joe Biden does blithely, um, if they if they have um, these moral issues and girlfriends on the side and whatever, I I think that's important to know. It, it may not be a deciding factor, but it would be, as far as I'm concerned, as a as a voter. Um, and just because it's well known, like with Trump, doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Doesn't mean it shouldn't be discussed either. And this is great segue exactly. actually exactly. To, to your column, right? If a column up this week, uh, it dropped on Sunday. Uh, Trump could be a serious leader, but this shows he still prefers loud celebrity. Now, this isn't a debate over his cognitive capacity, right? No, but it no. is a debate over his uh, temperament and his demeanor. Now, some people may say, well, I don't really care about that stuff, right? All I care about is if things get done. But the problem is, or, is that- And his tactics, yeah. yeah. And his tactics, yeah. And his tactics, are, his tactics are nasty. I mean, I'm not a fan of Nikki Haley, but there's no reason to be attacking her husband for doing, you know, for serving his country. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah the, exactly. The military reserve. I mean, that's, that's yeah. ridiculous. It's, it's absurd. And it makes him look like the way his critics like to paint him, which yeah. is- you know, petty, petty. And, yeah, petty, crass and petty. Yeah, exactly. And that gets you remember when he when he went to see the Pope and he 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 refused to let Sean Spicer go with him, who is a devout Catholic. Um, yeah. Would have been the opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, that's just mean and petty, uh, and it's not the way to earn to earn loyalty. Uh, George W. Bush was very good at earning loyalty, and that's why you didn't see. Uh, hardly any of these deep state leaks that were mean and 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 undermining uh because he gave people credit when i worked for him in the first campaign never in the white house but in the first campaign um he was that way with me and i mean i could tell some stories a couple of times where individual recognition inspires loyalty among staff and because um, it's, it's not the best paid job, it's long hours, it's exhausting. Um, so, yeah, well, and so the column, I was struck. Uh, you remember early on in his first term, uh, Trump was complaining loudly and accurately, just kind of uncouthly, uh, about uh, NATO nations that uh, were not keeping up with the 2% promise, 2% of GDP on spend on defense. Now, 
to everyone's credit, not credit, but uh, uh, to be fair about it, when the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, the need to keep building armies and, and more modern stuff and keeping up on am ammo supplies and all that dwindled. And a lot of nations, including the U.S., um, I guess you would you could call it a peace benefit, but they started paying less attention to military readiness because the Soviet threat was gone. <clears throat> and NATO now has 31 members, hopefully soon 32. Um, when Trump started complaining, only 11 of the 31 nations met the 2% GDP minimum uh, for membership. Since then, uh, seven more have, have met or passed the 2% minimum, which means 18. And uh, this year, France and um, Ger oh, Germany uh, last week passed. And then uh, France uh, will do it later this year with, with the new budget. Uh, so they're, they're doing what he wanted. But at his speech in South Carolina, he started complaining again. And not just complaining, he made serious threats that I'm not going to defend as president uh, if Russia attacks you. In fact, I'm going to invite them to uh, attack uh, people who are not up to date on their things. Uh, pay up. Right. Well, okay. So what I was pointing out, uh, and I hope everybody goes and clicks 30 or 40 times, but what I was... <laughs> What I was pointing out was that um, he could have been a leader. He could have been a leader and said, and taken credit and said, look, as a result of my previous complaints, what, seven, seven more nations are now meeting the minimum. Two more will come on this year and others are working towards it. It's not an easy thing to do in democracy, but others are working toward it. And I appreciate that. Those who are still behind, must catch up right and be a leader credit the countries that have take credit yourself that's fine i complained and they responded but instead he's still complaining without acknowledging so that what that shows to me is that it's a campaign tactic it's about it's about scoring rhetorical points it's not really about being the leader of nato and um i think that's sad and, uh, you know, he, he could do that. He won't. I think we both know that. But uh, he could. And, there, and there's a difference when you, you need to factor that in. Even though we're divided into camps and nobody wants to listen to the other guy, I try to be uh, not always in the middle, but uh, pointing things out, even if it's uh, uncomfortable for one side or the other, um, because I think like we just talked about that's my job yeah well look i mean um that is your job right i mean that's that's i don't have a problem with people raising these issues about donald trump i just wish that they would do the same thing with joe biden and they don't and oh and yeah well we have you and i have yeah yes i'm talking about the establishment media i'm talking yeah, about the yeah yeah, yeah professional media right the the mainstream media the people who say you know we're not just bloggers in pajamas in our basements <laughs> there's anything wrong with that <laughs> well i guess yeah tell us that uh, how was it in captain's quarters uh well i didn't i wasn't blogging from my basement i can say that 
I can say that categorically. I was not blogging from my basement. I was blogging from the upper level of the house. Upper level. Pajamas might have been involved. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to confirm or deny. Either confirm uh, nor deny this. But but it's it, were you in California then? No, 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 no. I was. I had been out of California. I never understood what California doesn't have basements. There's no basements. I uh, never saw. Probably maybe. Well, you got to have somewhere for the rubble to go. It goes in the hole. <laughs> yeah, but if you're in the hole when the when it falls down, well, that's into where the, you go for tornadoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, California doesn't really have those, right? Yeah. On, except on very rare occasions. Apparently, there was one over San Diego a week or, week or so ago. Um, but it's rare in California, and I think in Northern California they may have more basements than they do in Southern California. But yeah, I didn't. Um, I, there was older houses. I was, I was in older houses in California that had cellars, but that's something else, right? That's a storage area. That's it. You you know, you don't put the TV down there with the, with the recliner and a a little mini fridge like you do in Minnesota, right? You don't have them here in Texas either though. You don't really have basements here in Texas. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to, trying to think it's pretty much. No, not in California, not in Tokyo. But pretty much every house, other than those places, I I've had uh, I had a basement, and they you're were helpful. They were useful. You're in Canada. You're in the Midwest, right? You're in yeah. Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah. reason why. That's the reason why. It, it, go, very typical there. You know, one one day in Illinois, my mother-in-law was visiting, and the bulletin came over, loud screech on the radio that there was a tornado. Uh, and it was sighted right by the McHenry-Cook County line. Yeah. My house was on the McHenry-Cook <laughs> County <laughs> The sign was right out in front by the road. So I, I, I must say, everyone in the house migrated to the southwest corner yeah. of the basement. The basement. Uh, yeah, yeah. We had to learn that when we moved to Minnesota. Yeah. Never, we never had the only experience we had with that was the Wizard of Oz. I kid you not. <laughs> Even Twister came out after we moved to Minnesota. I think it came out in '98 or '99. And uh, so the only thing I really knew about tornadoes was was the Wizard of Oz, and I just oh, okay. knew that. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the, the but to get back to the media thing, um, and I'll just hit this briefly because I know we're kind of running down towards the end of the episode here. But um, so last week there was a funeral at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. And and I, I'm not sure how much you heard about this. And if you were paying attention to the mainstream media, you probably didn't get the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, even today, the Associated Press runs this story about how Catholics are very unhappy that there was a funeral uh, mass held at St. Patrick's Cathedral uh, for a transgender activist named Cecilia Gentili. Um, and that supposedly the outrage is just having the funeral, which was not at all the case. What was outrageous was what happened at the funeral. <laughs> what happened at the funeral, um, uh, you, you, you won't find it in the Associated Press story. I can tell you that. This is the one that ran on NBC News. Said, this, this is what this is the only description of what happened at the funeral from um, 
from the Associated Press. I'll just read the whole paragraph. It's only in one paragraph. And it's the 14th paragraph. Videos of Gentili's funeral mass show an estimated audience of more than a thousand celebrants. No, they're not celebrants. Mourners. <laughs> the priest is a celebrant, by the way. I didn't even mention that in my post about this. Including transgender people and other friends and supporters chanting her name, the, the, the deceased, applauding, singing, and offering praise of her stature as a leading light of the city's LGBTQ plus community. Now let me read to you from Catholic News Agency's description of what actually happened. Um, many of the thousand in attendance wore dragon scanty outfits. At the foot of the altar stood an image of the Argentinian-born Gentili with a halo surrounded by the Spanish words for whore, transvestite, blessed, and mother. Um, a rendition of the Ave Maria by the cathedral cantor was interrupted when an attendee shouted Ave Cecilia and danced down the center aisle. A mid-liturgy lay reflection given from the sanctuary compared Gentili's advocacy for normalizing sex work and lobbying for gender health care to Christ's ministry to prostitutes and outcasts. In another reflection, Diaz described oh, the deceased as, as, quote, this whore, this great whore, Saint Cecilia, mother of all whores. Um, there, those assembled stood and applauded as Father Dougherty <laughs> remained, remained seated in the presider's chair, his chin in his hand. And that's, it's, that's just all I excerpted from this thing. There's a little bit more in the CNA article. Um, it was so bad that even Father James Martin, who is a huge LGBTQ advocate, in the church, he's written books about this, sort of had to retreat from his support for the funeral, um, saying that, you know, maybe, you know, they should have been a little bit more respectful of the actual church while they were in there. Um, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of flaunting that goes on and and you get the impression, at least I, I do, and this is goes back into the 60s with the war and everything else, the flaunting is 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 really taunting. Uh, yes. Look, look at me. I can do this. I hope it offends you. Uh, and I think that's what gets people going. Uh, uh, is, is the worst. It's and the media, of course, censored it, and they they censored that uh, the transgender uh, shooter in the church. Right. You, you didn't hear much about that after the first day. You didn't hear much about the transgender shooter in uh, Tennessee either. Where's the manifesto? Yeah. Stephen Crowder got a hold of three pages of it, and the police department lost their freaking minds over it. Oh, it's part of the investigation. Ew. There's nothing more to investigate, folks. <laughs> yeah, they're dead. They're all dead. Um, and they still haven't released that manifesto. And you know that if that shooter had been somebody who was doing it um, out of racism or out of, you know, you know, right wing extremism, that manifesto would have been out in three days. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, then uh, and that's, and that's what, that's what's ruined. And as I said before, I'm not sure it can be repaired, but that's what, what's ruined the media's credibility is this kind of, um, faint-hearted self-censorship yeah. uh, uh, and you know if it happened if it's factual and you know it for sure just say it and let the chips fall where they may but no we can't uh, we can't do that because it might hurt a cause that i'm in not me but that they're in favor of right
that's sad. It's very sad. And it is very sad. It's exactly what it is, and it's very sad. Because it, not not just because it's a trusted institution with constitutional protections, but because we need a watchdog, a public watchdog that provides a generally shared uh, system reality. of reality, a generally shared reality and facts, which we can all then believe and remember and factor into our decisions. But when it's censored, and you know, we had stories the last two years about the, the um, complicit censorship between media, the FBI, and the Biden administration on social media, mm. mainly conservative social media, demonetizing posts, uh, and um, uh, it's sad, and 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 the media is finding other ways that media is finding other ways to to support itself but um it's just it's just sad we need it for the strength of a democracy and we just do yep i agree well at any rate you should go over and read andrew's uh new column trump could be a serious leader but this shows he still prefers loud celebrity uh if for no other reason then the interesting nexus, actually, there's two interesting nexuses today about Joe Biden and Abraham Lincoln. One, and I just saw this go by my, my, my Twitter feed. Apparently, Abraham Lincoln issued a pardon to Joe Biden's great-great-great-grandfather over some charges of a brawl. I mean, I didn't really dig into the details of that. It just really? Yeah, I guess. I, you know, I, I could look it up. But I, I saw it go by on the Twitter thread from a news organization. So you know, go check that out. But you have an even more, I would say that you have a more substantive. <laughs> oh, I just, I, mean, I, I, I just, I double checked it, but it's just to me stunning. And that is Joe Biden's birthday, November 20th, 1942 is closer to Abraham Lincoln's inauguration than it is to Joe Biden's own inauguration. And this is, is 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 the one that he did three years ago. Not we're yeah. not talking about if he gets inaugurated again. We're talking yeah. about the one that was in 2021. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's just stunning to think he's that old. Yeah. I mean, that was uh see November 20th. So that was 11, 11 months after Pearl Harbor. Um, seven months before me. <laughs> uh and four years before Donald Trump. Yeah. 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 Well, go go read. We gave that one away, but go read the rest of what Andrew has to say because it's a it's a lengthy column and it's really good. And uh you can sign up for VIP or VIP gold over there if you don't already have access to it. And uh, there's a sale go, on, right? There's always a sale on. There's a always sale. a good sale on. So if yeah, you don't yeah, have, so VIP membership now is is like less than a Starbucks. So really is yeah. yeah and it's and it's much more filling than a starbucks that's right it lasts longer. A lot it lasts it longer. lasts longer it gives you more benefit all right i know you didn't you didn't get a chance to bring a joke today but i've got one for you okay and so we'll end on this joke here so hit me all right well actually it's interesting you say that because that's part of the joke a woman came up behind her husband while he was enjoying his morning coffee and slapped him on the back of the head she says, I found a piece of paper in your pants pocket with the name Mary Lou written on it. You better have an explanation. 
He says, okay, calm down, calm down. Remember I was at the dog track last week? That was Mary Lou was the name of the dog I bet on. She, okay. So the next morning he's having coffee again. She smacks him upside the head and he says, what, what, what is that for? She says, your dog called last night. <laughs> there you go. Hey, hey, oh. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. Don't write the name down, folks. Don't do it in the first place. Don't write the name down. It's Karnak in deep trouble with spouse. <laughs> Who phoned last night? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so that's that's our show. Andrew Malcolm, the prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com, at A.H. Malcolm on Twitter. The, the links to everything that he's doing right straight from there. Andrew, um, you're off next week, if that's I remember. correct. I'll be uh, doing some serious grandparenting, and uh, but we'll see you in two weeks, if that's okay. You'll see us in two weeks. That's fine. Grandparenting always comes first. And, uh, and by that time, uh, we'll be getting... Cutting it close to Biden's State of the Union address. In fact, it might be even oh, a yeah, that's right. razor for that. So yeah. we should think about doing a doing a um a feature on the State of the Union address. And apparently <laughs> his oh, handlers are gonna to try to make him look um composmentous. Yeah, it look look like uh Kevin Klein in 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 Dave just collapsed up on that podium. Yeah. I see there was some talk, I guess he's not going to do it, but some talk about Trump giving the GOP response. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> it, wouldn't be, it would actually be appropriate since he is a former incumbent. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and helpful for his campaign. Would but be we'll, be, we'll be past uh, South Carolina by then. We'll be past, um, I think that's actually Super Tuesday. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. It might be Super no, Tuesday. South Carolina is a 20... No, that's that's this Saturday. South Carolina is this Saturday, but yeah, I'm saying yeah, I think that might right. also be passed. I think we're that oh, might be right. Tuesday, right. so we may not may right. not have a chance to do it. But yeah, right. it'd be interesting. It would have been interesting. Yeah. All right. Okay. Two weeks from now, we'll talk then. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.